0: You're listening to the Recovered Life show. The show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank.
1: We're talking about living with an addict. I've got Recovered Life contributor Nicole Lesprance on the line to discuss. How you doing Nicole? I'm doing all right. How are you? I am doing great. So glad to have you uh, with us today. Listen, this whole idea of living with an addict, it can be a little traumatic. It can bring up a lot of stuff. So we wanted to dive into that subject today with you. You know, can we talk about boundaries a little bit real quick, Nicole? Um, Living with an addict, a a lot of the drama that happens
0: all generates from setting the right boundaries, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, I love boundaries. I know that sounds weird, um, but I'm someone who sees boundaries as what an individual quote unquote puts into place to let others know how to treat them. Um, I see boundaries as self-love and self-care, and they are something that you can control. Um, I learned early on that I cannot control the addict and what they do, um, But if they cross my boundaries, then I am in control of how I take things after that. So whatever it was that I did after a boundary was crossed, I made sure that it was something that made me feel safe. Um, And boundaries were something that I found very difficult at first. If it's not something that you're used to doing or seeing Having modeled for you your whole life, but once you get the hang of it, I found it to be incredibly freeing. I didn't have to stress about it anymore. I knew that this boundary was in place. And if they crossed it, then I was in control of how I reacted after that.
1: Oh, I love that. I love how you put that about how you, you know, set the boundary and you know your limits. You know, I think, you know, if people are listening to this and they have ever lived with somebody who's in active addiction, or they're doing that right now, there's so much drama, Nicole, that goes on with it, right? And there, is, there really uh, is, you know, wanting to change people, right? And I see it because if you see somebody killing themselves or hurting their life or messing up really bad, right? Uh, you want to obviously jump in and do it. But like you talked about boundaries, there's only so much that you can do. Do you think some of the frustration is the miss, uh, you know, people not really understanding addiction? Because I think people think, hey, the person understands that they cannot drink or use drugs socially, right? That doesn't work. But the actual person who's addicted doesn't understand that
0: all the time. Right. And it's, it's definitely a learning curve to learn truly what addiction is and how it really is affecting the addicted in their, everyone in their lives and how they work through their addiction. It's, I know people use the term addiction quite often, but it really is a learning curve. There's so much to it.
1: You know, how do you protect your life, Nicole? Because I'm sure a lot of people come to you as a coach and they're like, you know what? They're just so in the drama of it all. And we know that people in active addiction can create a lot of drama, right? What are the steps that you go through with them? What's some of the first things that you do to get them off that drama train?
0: Finding a support group and learning self-care practices. Um, A support group was really a huge lifeline for me. Um, It took me a little while to find a group that I fit really well with. But once I knew that they were my group, it's because I felt safe. I would work with them during group times and then I made sure to reach out and they made sure to reach out and welcome me after the group times. So we would speak with each other during group, after group, and we really became close, we became almost like a tribe. They understood what I was going through. And the one thing that made it the best for me personally was I didn't feel so alone. I didn't feel like I was carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders by myself anymore. They understood me and they knew how to help guide me and they really became some of my closest friends. And then they also taught me self-care and the importance of it, even if it's, you know, 15 minutes to read by myself. And some days it was literally just getting myself out of bed to take a shower. And they would celebrate that win with me.
1: You know what? I think that's so good is having people to run things by, right? Because so many times people that live with people who are in active addiction are isolated as well, right? They're isolated. They don't know what, you know, look, I think it's human nature to want to try to protect people and to be able to step in and to really be baffled about why is this person keep going down this road when clearly it doesn't work for them, right? And mm-hmm. being able to set these boundaries and, and find out when you're not taking care of yourself, I think happens best through peer support, right? Like, because you can actually ask questions of other people that that they've gone through something similar.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. It was a huge game changer for me.
1: You know, I think one of the things that uh, people that might be listening to this, Nicole, are saying, you know what, man, is there any hope here? Because maybe they've been through the ringer with this person, right? And this person's maybe gotten sober for a little bit of time and then relapsed again. And it just seems to be this common cycle. Is there a way out for healing for people, even if the person that they're with does not get sober?
0: Absolutely. It goes right back to the self-care and the self-love. The only thing you can change or control is yourself. And you can absolutely start your recovery journey at any minute of any day, and it will absolutely benefit you.
1: Nicole Lesperance, thank you so much for coming on today.
0: Thank you for having me.